0: The Propcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlay to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is late Friday afternoon on the East Coast here to discuss our NFL Week 9 Sunday games player props. And joining me, as usual, on the PropCast to break down the player prop bets coming off of a very, very, very big night on Thursday Night Football. You guys don't ask the voice of the F1 gambling podcast, the NASCAR gambling podcast, CFL gambling podcast, the XFL Fantasy Football Podcast to come. And of course the voice on the propcast and the NFL gambling podcast. My main man on the West Coast, Rod Villa Gomez. Rod, how's it going, my man?
1: I wanted to retire after last night. I felt like there's probably no other there's no place to go but down after a, a sweep of last night's game. That was a uh, we Man, Munaf, we had that thing handicapped. I know we don't pat ourselves on the back on this show nearly enough, but we had that thing handicapped, didn't we? We nailed it last night. I know you and I, as
0: usual, were ex- exchanging text messages, but we, yeah, we crushed it last night. I know you swept the board. I fell one player prop short of uh, sweeping as well, but I got two out of the three. Miles Sanders prop hit. Uh, we even hit uh, our touchdown props as well. Brevin Jordan was this close to getting into the end zone of catching a five to one, but We got Dallas Goddard in there. We got Miles Sanders in there. Uh, You swept the board. But, yeah, man, we we read the board well last night uh, for the Thursday night football games. And, you know, hopefully we can carry that into the Sunday games. But, yeah, last night, look, Rod, you said it. I mean, it went according to script. Um, It was really the Miles Sanders show. It was a Dallas Goddard show. Um, and there was nothing much more to, that was, I mean, there for us. I mean, we even called the exact play where Dallas Goddard was going to score the touchdown for us, but pretty successful night last time, my man,
1: I, you know, and that's fun because that game, it was actually more fun than it probably should have been, to be honest with you, to watch, uh, I know Dallas or Dallas Houston, uh, made it a pretty interesting game by and large. I know you were happy, uh, especially with that first quarter coming out and scoring like, uh, like, Hey, Hey. We may actually be able to do something against this uh, Eagles team, but alas, they just were unable to finish the job.
0: Yeah, they kept it competitive up until, uh, what, halftime there, where it was like 14-14, but after that, you know, it was like uh, the Eagles like, are like, okay, we got to start playing some serious football here because uh, we don't want to lose our first game to the worst team in the National Football League, but they turned it up in that second half and uh, they got out to a two-possession lead. Uh, did the Eagles, but the uh, Texans uh, played well enough to at least cover the 14 point spread there. Um, but yeah, Miles Sanders, uh, another great night uh, for another running back against this Texans defense on the ground. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, he took some hits last night. You know, he had some ball security issues, but Dallas Goddard and AJ Brown in that offense, they did enough, I think, Rod, to obviously pull out the victory to improve the Eagles to the. Lone undefeated team remaining at 8 Nova, man. Still,
1: I mean, at least Sean can hang his hat on that, even though the Phillies let him down last night. Yeah, I was like either, and I was talking to
0: uh, Sean and a couple other guys, and I was like, look, the, the uh, Texans will lay down so you can stay undefeated, but I think the <laughs> Astros are going to take this one uh, and then get it back home. Hopefully they can uh, close it out on Saturday to <laughs> win the title there in the World Series. But hey, Rod, we got to follow up. Our incredible performance from Thursday night football over to the Sunday games, uh, another pack schedule. I know I think there's about f- six teams that are on by, but hey, plenty of action um, on Sunday for us to pick from. So let's just kick it off, my man. Let's to get into our first player prop for the NFL week nine Sunday games. What do you got for the people?
1: So listen, this week I kind of want to go down the board a little bit. I want to give you guys some folks that you not don't normally cheer for on a week to week basis. Anybody can give you, uh, you know, some of the more obvious ones. I want to dig deeper. So let, let's give you a little bit of deeper dive in this. Uh, I'm going to start with PJ Walker. His passing total is over. Uh, it's set at 194 and a half, and uh, I think that is very low for a a guy like PJ Walker, not to say that I think he's going to go bonkers for a a ton of yardage. But look, last week against the Falcons, he passed for 317 yards. Against Tampa Bay, he passed for 177 yards. Uh, I have a feeling that if he's going to want to keep up with this Bengals team, he's going to need to put the ball in the air. And you look at the last quarterback to play them. That was uh, Jacoby Brissett in his last probably start for the Browns. He threw 278 against them. Now, look, I know Lamar Jackson only got to 174. I know that uh, the ghost of Andy Dalton only got to 162. But then, you know, uh, Marcus Mariota, 124 yards. He doesn't throw very often anyways. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 193 yards against this team. Uh, Joe Flacco, 285. Uh, Cooper Rush, 235. And then even Mitch Trubisky got to 194, even, on them. So, PJ Walker in a game where he's going to be throwing quite a bit, I have a feeling that he's got a, a good opportunity to at least get 200 yards for you in this game. Like I said, he doesn't have a very long track history, but you got to assume that this is going to be a game where they're going to try to throw the ball a ton because they got to keep up with the Bengals. Yeah, look, uh, I think for PJ Walker, it's just about getting reps, right? And I think that, you know,
0: that first game that he played in, uh, as he came in for the injured baker mayfield it was again wasn't against uh, i think it was against tampa but they had a lot of success on the ground in that game look in that game he still ended up with 170 interceptions you fast forward to last week which turned into a shootout with the atlanta falcons and now you have the Bengals coming to town which you know like you mentioned a lot of quarterbacks have had success against the um Bengals defense so far this season so at PJ Walker, I, honestly, it's just about him getting more playing time. I know he had some games last season, but, you know, when you're kind of throwing it in to the middle of the season and coming in for injured quarterbacks, you still kind of need at least a game or a game and a half to just get some reps under you, you know, just just feel – get get hit in a football game. I think that's now past him. He has those reps. Now he gets to go up against a Bengals defense that has been struggling a little bit. Again, like you mentioned, I think this might be one of those games which may be a little higher scoring – Um with Bengals, you know, obviously without Jamar Chase, but look for guys like Tyler Panthers secondary, which has not been very good, right? That front seven has been great, which again, points are going to be put up, which just is going to enable the Panthers offense and PJ Walker to really throw the football. So yeah, I think that he can definitely get to 200 at least 200 passing yards in this game. And we're not even asking him to get 200, just a little a hair under 200 uh, for us to cash this bet. Just a touch, yeah. Just a touch. Um, all right. For my first player prop, I'm gonna I'm going a little contrarian. I usually go overs on uh, these uh, player props here, about 95 percent of them at least during regular season. But I found an under that I really do like this week, and that's going to be Tua uh, under 22 and a half completions this week, and. Look, so far the Bears' defense, that rush defense, has been the weakness for this team. We've talked about that at volumes throughout the season so far, where opposing running backs and offenses have been able to take advantage of the uh, Bears' defense on the ground. However, that pass defense, it's been it's been bend but don't break. I'll put it that way. They are uh, middle of the pack in a lot of the passing defense categories, but so far this season, through the first eight games, so f- uh, the season so far, only one quarterback has had completed more than 23 passes against this Bears defense. And that was Kirk Cousins in week five, where that game turned into a shootout uh, between those two teams. Tua has completed only 23 or more uh, passes in two of the five games he's played in. I know one of the games he left early with the concussions. I think that was on the either the Thursday night football game where they put him out there too soon, and he left the game again. But... Uh, I think that this is going to be more of a game where we see the Dolphins on the ground, whether that's with Raheem Mostert, whether that's with Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, And I think they're going to be attacking it that way. So that won't require Tua to throw a lot of um, passes. So I'm going under 22.5 completions uh, for Tua Tungvaloa in this game against the Chicago Bears pass defense, Rod.
1: Uh, I like it. And in fact, it correlates with one of my next, uh, my next ones, but yeah, it, this is not going to be quite so easy uh, for the, uh, for the dolphins, I think in this game as they think it's going to be. Uh, so I definitely like that as well. Um, but my next one, off, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to correlate that one into Raheem Mostert. I'm going to go, I like an under as well for the dolphins, Raheem Mostert under, 14 and a half rush attempts. This one's coming in at minus 145. I know it's juiced a little bit, but I will say that the addition of Jeff Wilson Jr. now gives me pause that Raheem Mostert may not get a ton of the work that he usually gets. And I say that, but it's not even like he gets a ton of work anyways. You look back at his game log. He had 14 carries last week against Detroit, 16 against Pittsburgh, 14 against Minnesota, 18 against the Jets, 15 against Cincinnati. You you lose two or three touches to Jeff Wilson Jr. in that backfield. Again, Jeff's probably not going to get eight, nine carries, but all you do is take three or four away from Mostert, Mm -hmm. and you're pretty much going to be left with right around 12 or 13 carries, which is under 14 and a half. So when he's barely teetering on that number already without a guy like Jeff Wilson and remember he he shared the backfield with Wilson in San Francisco so he already knows how this works uh, they didn't really split a whole lot of reps back then but you know they they did it anyways and the bears to their credit have held some of the the better running backs in the league to fewer than that carries elijah mitchell only got six carries jeff wilson actually got nine against them in week 1 uh, Aaron Jones got 15. A.J. Dillon got 18. So even those split backfield was good. Damian Pierce did get 20 against him. But you look back at the last couple of weeks, Tony Pollard 14. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson 11. Uh, Brian Robinson did get 17. But, you know, again, not a lot of these guys are getting well over this number. And if, if Raheem Mostert's splitting carries, then I don't like him to hit 15 carries in this game.
0: Yeah, I, I was looking at Raheem Mostert's rushing yards to go over, but that what, and I just remembered, uh, or not just remembered, but when I was looking at the player props for our episode today, I remember that they traded for Jeff Wilson. I think that's a great point that you just brought up, and I was going to bring that up as well is that it, it, I wanted to take the over on Mostert's rushing yards, but exactly with Jeff Wilson being in there, I don't know what the game plan is going to be exactly for. Uh, the offense of the Dolphins. So I, I I I didn't play that, but I understand completely what you're what you're saying, especially because it feels like there has been. Carries that have been there for Mostert. So maybe they're trying to, you know, decrease that or just add more depth in the backfield and not have guys like Raheem Mostert get injured. And maybe that's why they did one out and traded for Jeff Wilson Jr. So those two guys are splitting reps and kind of eating each into each other's stats, whether that's by carries or rushing yards. So definitely understand that one uh, in this game for sure.
1: And it's not as if they don't know that Raheem Mostert is already prone to injury because that's how he missed a lot of the season. So I think that's yeah. a good idea for them to kind of shore up that that position just in case he does end up getting injured again.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Coach McDaniels knows that. And, you know, being with San Francisco and, and now you bring in another San Francisco running back there uh, with Jeff Wilson Jr., um, all right, for my next player, probably I'm going to go with another running back. I'm going to fade another bad rush defense, and that's going to be the Detroit Lions uh, rush defense I'm going to fade. I'm going to go Aaron Jones. Uh, you can find this number at 64 and a half. I'm sure that number is going to be on the move, so I'll, I'll uh, put the official number at 65 and a half for Aaron Jones and the Packers running back this week. Look, the Lions, like the Texans, the Bears, the Giants, have a really bad rush defense. The Lions are allowing 155 rushing yards per game, which ranks number 30 out of 32 teams. They're allowing 5.1 yards per carry, which ranks number 28. And through the first eight weeks of the season, seven out of the eight running backs that they have faced, at least one of them has had at least 64 or more rushing yards against this Lions rush defense. Now, the only team that didn't have that success on the ground versus the Lions was the commanders in week two. But, Take a look at Aaron Jones' last four career games against the Lions, he's had at least 65 rushing yards against them, and including two games where he went over, over I'm sorry, hundred yards on the ground. So I think we've seen number one. If you take a look at the injury report for the Packers, they're missing a lot of their wide receivers. We already know about Sammy Watkins. Uh, um Alan Lazard is officially questionable with a shoulder issue. Um, Randall Cobb, I'm sorry, is missing as well. And how much does he trust the young guys with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as well? So I think we'll see a heavy dose of running this week uh, with Aaron Jones and with A.J. Dillon. So I think this number is a little conservative at 65 and a half. I'm going to go over Aaron Jones uh, rushing yards over 65 and a half.
1: Makes me wonder if Aaron Rodgers just doesn't want to hand the ball off every single down at this point. <laughs> He's yeah. so frustrated and so mad at all of his receivers that I just feel like he wants to just to give the ball away to Jones and Dylan and let them go at it. But Aaron Jones, everybody likes to count him out, man. Every I don't know what it is about AJ Dylan that has everybody off of uh, Jones, but he just continues to produce when given the opportunity. So I, I like uh, Aaron Jones. I like that total. It seems very conservative to me. So uh, I'll hammer that as well. Because, you know, again, like I said, I think all Aaron Rodgers wants to do now is just give the ball off and see what Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon can do for him.
0: Yeah, 100%. All right, before we continue our player props here, let me tell you guys where you can actually bet on these player props. That's over at our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer something to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough win bet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Russell brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast. They're giving you a chance to win a, either an autographed jersey of Lawrence Taylor or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to enter. How to enter? Got to follow three simple steps. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast to comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. And number three, turn your notifications on so you don't miss when SGP is contacting you when they pull the winner. The winner will be announced this Sunday on the recap show, so make sure you have those notifications on so you know when you are going to be the winner. Uh, All right, Rod, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, What do you got for your next player prop for these uh, Sunday
1: games for NFL Week 9? Speaking of folks that you don't cheer for very often, how about Will Disley? Yeah, buddy. The uh, Seahawks tight end, his reception number. I was I was digging around these reception totals, and I and I scrolled through and I saw Will Disley sitting at two and a half receptions, and this number is at plus one forty. And I thought to myself, wait a second, uh, a plus, two three catches at plus one forty. How can this be? Is he really that bad? And it's not that he's the greatest, right? He had two catches against the Giants last week, but he had four catches against the Chargers before that. He had four catches against the Lions, three catches against the Falcons. But by and large, you know, he's had a couple of receptions here and there, but he's been targeted 22 times this season. And I, I, again, over the last two games, he's been targeted six times and and I, he's seeing work and he's seeing a little more work. And now Geno Smith is starting to feel himself and, and he's actually getting, really good right now at what he's doing. And and unfortunately for me as a Niners fan, uh, I don't like to see that. But if you are a, a Will Disley over reception better, uh, you like to see that his quarterback is actually getting hot. Uh, and you look at what tight ends have done against the Cardinals of late. Irv Smith caught four passes against them last week. Uh, Jawan Johnson caught five passes against them a couple of weeks ago. Noah Fant caught uh, six catches against them. And, and so on and so forth. Dallas Goddard had eight. Tommy Tremble had three. Uh, Tyler Higby had four both, um, Foster Murrow and, and Darren Waller had three and six respectively. And, uh, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey obviously is going to get his, he had eight. So yeah, lots of tight ends having lots of success against the Arizona Cardinals. And Will Disley just needs to catch three passes to, to pass this prop. So I don't, I don't necessarily see that as a very difficult hurdle to to get across. And at plus 140, I definitely like the the opportunity to cash on this one.
0: This was something that we were I was talking about early in the season on the propcast was just automatically betting on tight ends against this Cardinals defense. And I mean, you just simply laid out the numbers here that how bad they are against a tight end position, right? And I think that one the one week I did was against the Seahawks when they faced them because they have three different guys. That are in that tight end group with you just mentioned with Noah Font, with Colby Parkinson, and also with Will Disley, right? And in that Week Six matchup against the Cardinals, it was Noah Font that got you know the targets in the in the in the receptions in that game. But when you're telling me there's been so many different um, tight ends that have had success every single week against this Cardinals defense, um, at plus money, especially at plus one forty, you you want to think that Will Disley is going to be that guy this week. And I think he will be because Noah Font is dealing with an injury as well for the Seattle Seahawks. I know Scott and I were talking about that on the afternoon um, betting uh, betting show that we did earlier, and Noah Font was on the injury report. So that should open up the opportunities for guys like Will Disley uh, to get those receptions. So at over 2.5 at plus 140, when a trend has been cashing all season long, you got to stick with it, Rod. So I love that play um, for Will Disley this week. Beautiful stuff. Uh all right for my next player prop, I'm gonna go with something that or not something, but someone that has just been cashing since he's returned. It's no secret, DeAndre Hopkins over six and a half receptions here, Rod this week. Look, started a six game suspension, and since the and then the two weeks that he's been back for this Arizona Cardinals offense, number one, the offense has looked completely different when you get a top five wide receiver back like deandre hopkins that completely changes the dynamics of your offense and look at the two games so far this first game back against the saint with saints which is on that thursday night football game 14 targets 10 receptions 103 yards last week against the minnesota vikings 13 targets 12 receptions 159 yards and a touchdown this week i i gotta go with both of them i'll give them both and i'll leave that up to you which got which prop you guys want to take over 6.5. It's a little juice right now at minus 145, so that number may get on the move to 7.5, but the numbers just speak for himself, man. And look, the chemistry and the report that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins have built in their time together, it's, it, it says something about how great of a wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is, right? We've talked about, you know, and I saw this firsthand as a Texans fan when he's with the Texans for so many years, and it's not that he doesn't trust guys like Rondell Moore and, um, you know, the other guys that they do have, Zach Ertz, on that offense. It's just the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is a top-five wide receiver. You can even make the argument a top-three wide receiver in this league and has some of the best hands, and he's going to force-feed him the ball. So right now I'm seeing over 6.5 receptions. I'll give you that, and I'll give you his yardage as well, over 83 and a half in a game. Which I think we'll see a lot of points. I know when these two teams match up earlier this season, Rod, it was what nineteen to nine final, but that was a game where they didn't have Hopkins. And I think this is going to be in a in a controlled environment, indoors, in a dome, at home. I know they haven't been great, but I think we'll see points being put up in this game. And I think the the stats, especially for DeAndre Hopkins, um, are going to be through the roof again, like they have been over the first two weeks since he's been back from that suspension. So uh, I'm going with D Hop again this week, uh, Rod.
1: Well, and that was before the Seattle Seahawks were actually feeling like they were good. You know, gotcha. that was that was yeah. in a game where they were just sort of trying to feel themselves out. And now they're on a roll. So I think they they feel like they're going to do better things. And and I definitely agree with you on that one. And yeah, Hopkins is going to play a large part in that. So uh, yeah. all about that. All right. Well, uh, it wouldn't be me Moon off if I didn't go to either a defense or a kicker. So yeah. let me go to my favorite kicker. And that's Young Way Koo, uh, that Korean tie for me. <laughs> Look. I saw his total at over one, and, or his, his uh, field goal total set at one and a half. And again, made me scratch my head and say one of the best kickers in the league is only set at one and a half. But that is because, of course, uh, the Atlanta Falcons offense has not necessarily been anything to write home about. And it just feels like they're not putting up points very often. But I will say this. He did have uh, three field goals last week. He's had three field goals against the Browns. He's had two field goals against the Seahawks. He was one of two against the Rams and uh, four of five against the Saints to start the season. He did have a three-game stretch there where he only attempted just two field goals and didn't make uh, and only made one of them. So, but again, last week against the Panthers, he, he bounced back to to get three field goals in there, which I think is a, a good thing for him going up against the Chargers. Last week, the Chargers gave up three field goals to Jason Myers of the Seahawks. And then the week before that, Brandon McManus kicked three field goals against them uh, for the Broncos. La- I mean, the Browns kicker, <laughs> Cade York, attempted two, but missed two. Young Hoku doesn't do that very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Kiam uh, Fairbain attempted two and got one. But everybody else pretty much has gotten it. Riley Patterson for the Jaguars kicked three uh, Matt Amendola kicked three and then Carson Daniel even kicked two, uh, against them as well. So lots of folks kicking field goals against these chargers. And I think young way Ku, obviously one of the best kickers in the league can do that as well.
0: Yeah. He's been the, one of the more consistent guys. And like you just mentioned, right, those other kickers just weren't able to make it, but what you just said there, Ku doesn't miss. And that's why I try to draft them in my leagues where kicker is an option to get him on my roster because He's consistent, and he can make those deep um, field goal kicks, whether it's 45-plus yards, 50-plus yards, whatever the case might be for him. But he's one of the more consistent guys that does come uh, in the league uh, you know, as far as kickers go. So, yeah, no argument for me about uh, young Hoku there. Um, All right, for my last player prop before we get into our touchdown prop bets, I am going to go with – this one just makes too much sense for me. I know he's battling an injury. But uh, Cooper Cup, I think right now he's really the only offense right now for this Tampa Bay – sorry, for this uh, Los Angeles Rams team. Um, I know he has an ankle injury. He did practice. I think uh, right before we got on, he said that – or reports are that he is officially going to play in this game. And if you kind of take a look at three games that he has faced against the Buccaneers, he's played against them in each of the last three seasons, at least in the regular season – He's averaged 9.7 receptions, which means that he's had at least nine receptions in every single one of those games. He's been in double-digit targets in all three of those games. He's gone over 95 receiving yards in all three of those games, including two games where he had 121 receiving yards and 145 receiving yards. Right now, that number is sitting at 83.5 for a Cooper Cup, um, and his receptions are at 7.5. I'll go with his receiving yards here at 83 and a half. I think that this is a guy easily, despite having that ankle injury, is really the only offense right now for this uh, passing uh, offense, at least for their Los Angeles Rams. We don't know who's going to be the starting running back. I know it might be Daryl Henderson or for the Rams, but they can't run the football rod despite the Rams – Despite the Bucks being one of the better rush defenses over the past several years, that hasn't been, the, been the case this year. But Cooper Cup is just a guy that's he's just a machine, and, and we've seen it, right? Over on his receptions. He leads the league in targets, he leads the league in receptions, year in and year out, and the yardage is there for him as well. So that's something I can't ignore. It's it's a little chalky, it's a little square, but you gotta stick with it when the Bucs are giving you an eighty-three and a half on Cooper Cup. So I'm gonna bite the bullet here, take over. 83 and a half on his uh,
1: receiving yards here, Rod. Makes me sad that they can't run the ball. They've got Ronnie Ronnie Rivers, who's a Fresno State alum back there, and he actually came in, and he didn't do much, but I I was excited to see Ronnie Rivers out there running the ball for the Rams. Uh, Just wish that he could have done more with it, but yeah, that's that's just tough, and Cooper Cup's just going to get his. That's all there is to it, but uh, I'll stay in the same game for my next prop, and I'll get Julio Jones uh, on the board. His reception total is set at two and a half, and you say to yourself, how do you get Julio Jones at two and a half? Well, because he hasn't really done much since he's come back. Yeah. And the fact that we've talked about it before about Tom Brady just being so incredibly distracted. It, and it's just been tough for anybody to get on the same page with Tom, let alone a guy coming back off an of injury. Since he's returned, he's had games with five targets, two targets, four targets, but... Three catches, one catch, and two catch last, two catches last week. I'm taking the under on Julio Jones' ca- uh, catches at two and a half at minus 115. It's kind of a bold number, I guess, to take because you feel like it's, it's Julio Jones, it's Tom Brady, it's against the Rams, which could end up being sort of a shootout type of a game, but look, the Rams are bad right now, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady's distracted. This game is going to be yeah. ugly. It's yeah. not going to be a good game and it's going to be full of mistakes it's going to be full of of just atrociousness this should be on a Thursday night uh, but you know <laughs> i just don't see i just don't see a lot of production and definitely not out of Julio Jones especially when uh, tom's going to want to pepper mike evans with targets
0: yeah look i was the guy that took the season long over on julio jones yardage which was around i think 500 and something and it's it's been the same story for julio jones where he's been battling injury you know, this season where he's only played in what three games so far this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know last week uh, he had 21 receiving yards, but again, only two catches. He had one catch against the Kansas City Chiefs in a shootout where they were playing from behind. Um, And again, the targets just haven't been there for him, right? For Tom Brady, it's about getting the ball to like what you mentioned to Mike Evans, to uh, Chris Godwin, He likes his tight ends. He likes Leonard uh, Fournette out of the backfield. And despite even Russell Gage being out for this game, he's just going to be feeding the ball to those three guys. And I think that, you know, Julio Jones, unfortunately, just has to take that back seat right now uh, to those three guys. So, you know, know, no argument for me when he's only done it once, which was in the first week of the season. Again, the also thing, Rod, with Julio Jones is the snap count might not be there for him either. Uh, for uh, Julio Jones right now, as as much as it is for some of the other guys on the offense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So no argument from me on that. Um, Was that, did you get five or did you have four there? I gave five. Oh, look at you this week. All right. Um, (laughs) I was waiting for one more to pop up. Let me see uh, if that has, it was going to be a quarterback and I was going to take Sam Ellinger to go under on his passing yards. And I certainly see it. Yeah. 202 and a half rod. Doesn't that seem like a lot for a quarterback go up against bill Belichick as a rookie? Well, quote unquote rookie um, quarterback going up against the Patriots defense, which has been better over the last four weeks here uh, for the Patriots. Um, I just think this is going to be a very, very tough challenge for him going into Foxborough As a road underdog, you don't have Jonathan Taylor, which, yeah, maybe they have to throw the ball a little more, but I just don't trust Sam Ellinger to get over this passing yards number. You talk about ugly games between Tampa Bay and Los Angeles. I think this might be one of those ugly games between the Colts and the Patriots this week. Take a look at last week, what they were able or what he was able to do in his first career start. Against the Washington Commandos, he did have 201 passing yards last week against them. Uh, but that uh, he had a long pass in that game of 47 yards to uh, one of his wide receivers there. But again, when you're going into Foxborough on the road here, don't have your running back. I'm not. I know you still have Michael Pittman there, but I don't trust Sam Ellinger. I, I'm. This is more of a fade of him going up against. Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots defense. That's just what it is for me. So right now, the VIG is on the under for Sam Ellinger at 202.5. I just don't see a world where he does get there. Um, So I'm going to take the
1: under as another quarterback prop for me on 202.5 there, Rod. Zach Wilson, 355 last week against them. But uh, uh, Fields, 179. Jacoby Brissett, 266. But here's the thing. This is where the stretch that I'm making your case for you. Jared Goff, 229. Aaron Rodgers, 251. Lamar Jackson, 218. Mitch Trubisky, 168. Not very high, and not very much. In fact, one of them wasn't even above 200. So if you're holding, yeah. if you're holding guys like Goff, Rodgers, and and uh, Lamar Jackson to ride right around this total, I, I don't. I see a, a, a way clear path to him hitting under uh, two, even 200 yards. Yeah, so I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to fade him. I think that he'll have a lot of trouble in this game. I think the pass rush can. Um, the trenches is what I'm really looking out for in this game, that where the defensive line should be able to have some success against this uh, Colts, which used to be one of the better offensive lines, but now uh, it doesn't seem that way. Uh, also curious to see what his number is on his completions before we get into touchdown bets here uh, quickly. Uh don't see that number posted yet, but maybe check my Twitter on Sunday. Maybe I drop that as an additional player prop as well. All right, Rod, let's get into some touchdown props. We had a pretty good night on uh, Thursday Night Football, and we've been kind of crushing it on Thursday Night Football's t- touchdown props. So anytime touchdown scores, where are you taking us this week?
1: King Henry, my friend, going yes. to go against King Henry or uh, for King Henry is an anytime touchdown uh, look, he has done this in every game but one this year, and that's or it's, I'm sorry, two games this year, uh, and that scored a touchdown. And I, look, I love me some Derrick Henry, and that guy is a special, special dude. And even against the Chiefs, who haven't necessarily given up a, a ton of touchdowns on the ground, I, I mean, they're they're actually a better a better rush defense than I think uh, a lot of people give them credit for. But this is Derrick Henry. This is a special guy. This is a guy that can break tons of trends. I mean, uh, the Chiefs have only given up three rushing touchdowns all season long. Uh, Josh Jacobs scored one. Leonard Fournette scored one. And then James Conner scored one in week one. And since then, that's been it. But look at the ones that they've been up against over the last couple of weeks. Um, And that's like Jeff Wilson uh, against the Niners. Devin Singletary, obviously good, but we know that the bills passed more for more touchdowns than that. So, um, you know, and for the Colts, they went up against Jonathan Taylor and held him down. But again, this is Derek Henry. The dude could run for all the touchdowns. Uh, and, and if there's only one touchdown scored for Tennessee all game long, I'm willing to bet that it's going to be Derek Henry.
0: Love it. You're not getting an argument for me about King Henry. We saw what he did last week against the Texans, but I think for, for the Titans to be in that game, it's really going to have to be on the back of Derek Henry running the football and, you know, it sounds cliche, but keeping that Chiefs offense off the field. But more importantly, for them to stay in the game, they got to score points, and it has to be on the back of their running back, King Henry. So, yeah, no argument from the for me on that. Um, for me, I'm going to double down on another running back this week. I talked a lot about Aaron Jones and the success that he's had um, running the football against the Lions. He's also had success scoring the football against the Lions. And I'm going to go with his uh, – I'm going to give you – Two for him to score two or more touchdowns or at least two touchdowns in this game against the Lions at plus 350. You kind of take a look of his last two games or last two career games against the Lions. Uh, sorry, his last three games and two of those three games, he's had at least three or at least three touchdowns. Uh, in two of the last three games, one game he had two rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Uh, the game after that didn't find the end zone, but his last game last season. He had one rushing touchdown and three receiving touchdowns for uh, the Green Bay Packers offense. And you know, you talked a lot about how Rodgers doesn't trust the wide receivers or lack thereof right now because of the, the injuries that those guys are dealing with. Uh, I think it'll be the Aaron Jones show this week. So I'm going to take his uh, anytime touchdowns to get me at least two in the end zone, whether that's. Rushing or receiving to give me at least two at plus three fifty four. Aaron Jones here this week, uh, Rod. Plus three three fifty is a
1: fantastic price for that. And there aren't there just some seem to be teams sometimes that players just love to play against. And and when you see those gigantic video game numbers against those type of teams, I know Aaron Jones is probably licking his chops. He's he's needed to get right for a while. I mean he's he's looked good and yeah. and all season long he passes the eye test. But for whatever reason, it just feels like he's not getting the type of respect that he deserves. So, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to say coming out party because everybody knows about him, but I think this is his, I'm still good. And and this is going to prove it to you party. Yeah. And I will add this
0: running backs against the lions this season, uh, through eight weeks, there's been one, two, three, at least four different running backs that, or they've allowed at least, I should say two, uh, touchdowns on the ground, uh, two opposing running backs. I know Miles Sanders, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott all scored on the ground. Uh, Dalvin Cook and uh, Alexander Madison each had one touchdown each. Rashad Penny found the end zone twice against um, the Lions, and Ezekiel Elliott also had two on the ground. So... Um, And again, I think Aaron Jones is that guy that also is a threat uh, catching the football uh, as well uh, out of the passing game uh, for Aaron Rodgers and that offense as well. So hopefully he has a big Sunday and hopefully you you guys do have him on your fantasy rosters. He has a big day for you yardage wise and scoring some touchdowns uh, this week against the Detroit Lions. All right, Rod. Let's do best bets before we get out of here. My man we will identify. Yeah our best bets before we wrap up the NFL week nine show here. I'll give you the floor. First, my man, best bet for this week. What do you got?
1: I'm going to go with PJ Walker. The very first one I gave you PJ Walker over 194 and a half passing yards. Uh, give me the XFL connection starting pretty soon. So he's going to want to show that the XFL is a thing before we start kicking off with that season. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I at least see 200 yards in this game form. I, I feel like this isn't Davis Mills where I, I went under the passing yardage. Uh, I feel like PJ Walker is actually going to be able to hit this, whether it's by you know, him completing a, a ton of passes or him completing a ton of long passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, I think he will get to at least 200 yards, which is well over this 194 and a half yards.
0: Yeah, and game script as well, right? Like if they're starting to, if they're gonna be trailing in that game, you know, he's gonna to have to throw the football. Whether if they get down, you know, two possessions or three possessions, you can't run the football at that point. You're gonna to have to air it out a little bit. So yeah, definitely do like that on PJ Walker. Um, again, like I t- talked about Miles Sanders a lot on Thursday, talked a lot about Aaron Jones this week. I'm gonna go Aaron Jones, I'm gonna give it out at 65 and a half. I know that number is gonna be on the move, so hopefully you can get you guys can get to this before it you know creeps up even more. So Aaron Jones. Over 65.5 rushing yards this week against the Detroit Lions offense, uh, sorry, defense. Talked a lot about how seven out of the eight running backs have had at least 64 or more rushing yards against the Lions' rush defense. Talked about the cluster injuries that the Packers' wide receivers do have. I think that this is going to be a game where we see Aaron Jones early and often, along with uh, A.J. Dillon. So I think this is going to be a good game for Aaron Jones to get uh, a lot of gr- yards on the ground. So Best bet for me, Aaron Jones, over 65 and a half rushing yards. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the cast for our NFL Week 9 player prop bets, bets, best bets and bets and touchdown prop bets. But, Rod, look, we had a great Thursday night. Hopefully we can follow that up this Sunday with the player props that we did give out. But anything else uh,
1: you we need to mention before we get out of here, buddy? Uh, I'm good, although I, I do hope for my fantasy team's sake that your Aaron Rodgers prediction or Aaron uh, Jones prediction comes true and, yeah, that uh, he he goes bonkers because I, I need to win a couple of games. I'm a little sitting outside of some playoff spots, but, yeah, we'll go there. Uh, all right, you can follow me on Twitter at Gomez. There's a link in my bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media, doesn't matter. I'm there. Follow me on Twitter at Gomez. Click that link and discover everything there is to discover about me.
0: There you go. Make sure to follow Rod on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Make sure to also follow the NFL Gambling Podcast account at SGPNNFL. Both Rod and I are a part of that, along with all the other great co-hosts that we do have on that feed. So do us a favor. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review for the prop cast And, you know, do yourself a favor. Just take some time out and leave some reviews for all the shows that are happening on the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Definitely helps us grow the show. Uh, we want to be better than all the other gambling podcasts out there. So uh, definitely helps us grow and uh, climb the charts there. All right. We'll be back next Thursday night, as usual, for our player props. Hopefully we can continue the winning ways and put some more money in your guys' pockets. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.